Last week, I was mowing my grass. Uh, it's something that I actually like to do. Some people find it being a chore, but I actually like to mow my grass because uh, I like my yard looking nice. Uh, I'm kind of anal about that. And then uh, also, it's an opportunity for me to get out from behind my desk and, and actually get some physical activity uh, in my day. So I actually like it. But last week I was mowing my grass and uh, everything was going fine when all of a sudden I, I, I felt it. It was a sharp pain. And I knew exactly what it was. Uh, I had gotten too close to the wood fence and my hand scraped right across it. And I knew before I even looked what I was going to find when I turned my hand over. And sure enough, there was a huge sliver sticking right out of my hand. And so I quickly pulled that one out. But then I noticed that deep underneath my skin was another one. It was, it was small, but it was under my skin and I couldn't get that one out. And so for a few days, uh, I was in pain and uncomfortable. Not like excruciating pain. I don't want to make it sound worse than it was. But every time I bumped my hand, uh, it was uncomfortable. It was painful. And so every day, for four days, I tried to remove that sliver when finally, on the fourth day, I did. And I got some relief. And if you ask Ann, she will tell you I'm the biggest baby when it comes to being in any kind of pain. So she's like, it's a sliver, get over it. <laughs> uh, but that's what I, I did realize through, through those four days that I don't like to be in pain. I don't like to be uncomfortable. Uh, I don't like to be overwhelmed with pain. And when I am, it's all I can focus on. And I think we're all like that. None of us like to be in pain. None of us like to be uncomfortable. None of us like uh, to be overwhelmed with something. And so when we can change our circumstances, when we can change that overwhelming thing in our life, we do, and rightly so. But what if it's something bigger than a sliver in our life? What if it's more like a thorn that we can't get rid of? What if it's a, a, a thorn that is causing emotional pain? What if it's a thorn that's causing some kind of physical pain or, or our circumstances are so overwhelming that we are just stressed out and that's causing us pain? And no matter what we try, no matter what we do, we can't change it. We can't take it away. Then what? How do we get up in the morning knowing that that pain is going to be there and there's nothing we can do? Where do we go? Where do we turn? Thankfully for us, there's an example of this in God's Word. And that is with the Apostle Paul. Paul lived in the first century. Uh, he grew up, born and raised a Jew in the Jewish religion. His name was Saul. And uh, for the majority of his life, uh, his main goal was to kill Christians. In fact, at one point, the Jewish people even basically hired him to go out and kill Christians. That was his job. Until one day, Jesus appeared to Saul, and it changed his life completely. He was baptized, and the Holy Spirit worked faith in his heart in Jesus as his Savior. And so he literally went from somebody killing Christians uh, to being willing to die for the Christian faith which he ended up actually doing. He, he was killed for being a Christian by the Emperor Nero. And, and what Paul did was he became the greatest missionary in the, Christ, the Christian church has ever seen. He traveled around the known world setting up Christian churches in every city that he came to. 
And one of those cities was the city of Corinth. Uh, Corinth, I got a map for you, it is right there. Corinth. Here's Jerusalem, here's Damascus, Antioch. Uh, this is what's known as the Holy Land over here, the Middle East. Uh, and Corinth was way over here. And Paul traveled all the way up over here, took a boat over here, and went to Corinth, and he set up a Christian church. What Paul would do is he would go in, uh, he'd start telling people about Jesus, and he'd hang out for like a year in that city, spreading the message and building up the Christians, setting up leaders, and then once the leaders were established and he felt good about them, he then left to go do that same thing in another city. And so Paul came to Corinth. In 50 AD, the estimate population was around 650,000 people, just a huge city, uh, because it had two ports. You could enter from the west and you could enter from the east. And so goods from all over the world were coming through Corinth. And this is where Paul goes and he sets up a Christian church. He's there for a year, established leadership, leaves to go someplace else. And he's doing the same thing when he receives a letter from the Christian Corinth church saying, Paul, we've got problems. Some people who came in calling themselves super apostles are teaching something different than what you taught us which was God's word, uh, and now people are believing that our, our church is falling apart. And so Paul wrote two letters, 1 Corinthians and 2 Corinthians, to combat this error. And then in 2 Corinthians, he actually takes on the super apostles. And in chapter 11, uh, Paul says, Hey, super apostles, I didn't come in preaching my resume. Because it's not about me, it's about Jesus. But if you want to preach resumes... Here you go. And he lists out everything that shows that he's better than these super apostles. All his physical traits, everything he's done for the Christian church. And then he gets to a point at the beginning of chapter 12 where he actually says, I had an experience. And I'm going to tell you about it because you super apostles haven't had it. I was pulled up to the third heaven, to heaven itself. He said, I saw things that words cannot explain. I've seen heaven. You haven't super apostles, but God showed me it. It's right after he says this that we pick up in 2 Corinthians chapter 12 and Paul's circumstance goes from something so great seeing heaven to something not so great. Here's what we're told. And therefore, in order to keep me from being, becoming conceited, I was given a thorn in my flesh, a messenger of Satan to torment me. Three times I pleaded with the Lord to take it away from me, but He said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Paul has this just amazing vision of heaven, and as soon as he has it, he comes out of this vision, and God gives him a thorn in his flesh, a messenger of Satan. What was a thorn? We don't really know. People have come up with ideas that maybe it was epilepsy, malaria, uh, maybe it was bad eyesight, maybe he developed some kind of speech impediment, uh, really bad migraines, maybe it was a temptation that he never faced before, but now it was really severe. Some people even say maybe it was just a person that came and literally followed Paul around to each city he went and just caused havoc for him. We don't know what it was, but we do know that it was painful. Paul calls it a thorn. It was annoying. 
And at times it was overwhelming. So what's he do? He prays, Lord, take it away. Because if it's gone, he'd be happier and a better servant for the Lord. We can relate to Paul, can't we? We all have thorns in our life. Things that overwhelm us, things that cause us pain, things that if, if they weren't in our life, we would be happier and a better servant of the Lord. And so if you're following along in your worship folder this morning, uh, here's your first blank. My thorn equals what? Normally I give you the fill in the blank, but you have to supply it this time because <laughs> this is your thorn. What is it? What is it that if God took it away, you would be happier and a better servant of the Lord? We all would put something different in there, wouldn't we? But maybe, maybe you've put some kind of medical thing. Maybe it's arthritis. Every morning you wake up and as soon as you open up your eyes, you think, oh man, as soon as I step out of this bed, I'm going to be in pain. If God would just take this away from me, then I wouldn't experience pain, I wouldn't experience suffering, and, and I'd be a lot happier. Maybe it's some kind of disease. You've had some disease for a little while, and it's annoying. You're sick of going to the doctor, you're sick of all the medical issues, you're sick of everything that comes with it, the pain, the hurt, the fear... If it was just gone, then you'd be happier. Maybe it, it, it's a different kind of medical. Maybe your thorn is infertility. If God just took this away from me so that I could have a child, then I'd be happy. Then I'd be happier. Maybe it's loneliness. If God just took away your loneliness, brought family closer to you, brought you closer to family, gave you a family of your own, then that would be taken away and then you'd be happy. Then you'd be able to serve Him better. Maybe it's a, a, a different career. Your job is causing so much stress in your life uh, that it's actually causing you to have health problems. It actually is hurting you physically. And if God would just take this job away and find you a new job, you'd be happier. You'd be a lot more stress-free and it would be better. But no matter how many job applications you fill out, no, no matter how many interviews you have, it's not happening. Maybe it's depression or anxiety. If God would take this away, you'd be happier because you're tired of feeling the weight on you. You're, you're, you're tired of... of the pain and, and the uncomfortable and the overwhelming thoughts that you have at times because of it. If God were just to take that thorn away, your life would be a lot happier. All of these things are bigger than slivers, right? All of these things, we can't just pull out ourselves, change our circumstances, and poof, gone, and happiness is here. And so what do we do? We do what Paul does, right? And we go to the Lord and we ask Him to take it away for us. Take away our hurts. Take away our inabilities, our disabilities. Take away our, our, our pains. That's what Paul did. And what was God's response to Paul? Do you remember? Remember? 
My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Your second point today, God's grace is greater than your thorn, God says. God's grace is sufficient. That's what God promised Paul. My grace is sufficient for you. It's a truth. Therefore, it's God's promise to us. Is it though? Is it actually greater than your thorn? Think back to what you wrote in blank number one. Your thorn equals... Think back to that thorn. Is God's grace actually greater than that? What if God never heals you? What if God never takes away that thorn? What if He never finds you a new job? What if He never takes the depression and anxiety away? What, what if He doesn't take your loneliness away? And what if, instead of getting better, you start to get worse? Is God's grace really sufficient? We may struggle with that a little bit. We may struggle with it. And the reason is because of our modern way of thinking. We all have come to this thought process that life is all about being happy. And there's nothing wrong with being happy. There's nothing wrong with it. But when we think that's the point to this life, uh, is to be happy, do what makes me happy, when it makes me happy, as long as it makes me happy, guess what happens when suffering comes in, or pain, or a thorn? We're not happy, and we lose it. And if we can't change our circumstance and we go to God who has all control, who has all power, and He doesn't take it away, and He's not making me happy, who do we end up blaming? God. We get bitter at Him. We get angry. And we don't want anything to do with Him. That's what the man told me who lives across the street. He lives in Summerlin. Not this past Easter, the Easter before I knocked on his door and I said, Hey, sir, I'm, I'm here just to invite you to our, our Easter service. I uh, hope you can come. He said, Son, you're wasting your time. I said, Oh, you got another church? <laughs> he said, No, there is no God. There is no God. And if there is a God, I don't want to know Him because of everything I've been through and He didn't help me. We struggle sometimes with this. God's grace is greater than your thorn. We believe it when God does what we want Him to do. But when He doesn't take that thorn from us, it's hard to believe that God's grace is greater. And yet, this is a promise from God, right? It's a truth. Therefore, it has to be true that God's grace is sufficient. It is greater than our thorns that we face in this life. And so I want to challenge you today a little bit. Part of the problem that we have with our thorns is a little different from Paul because Paul knew exactly why his thorn was there. He said, it's to keep me from becoming conceited, God gave me this thorn. And so Paul knew there was a higher purpose at play there. Uh, It's to keep him from becoming conceited. We don't know why 
our thorns are here all the time. In fact, in this life, we may never know why they happen to us, why we experience them. And so I want to challenge you to to rethink how we look at our thorns. Because what happens is, a lot of times, thorns come into our life, and all we can focus on is how big this thorn is, and how much it hurts, and it's way over here. And what we miss is all of God's grace over here. It's all over here, and we miss it because all we're focusing on is our thorn in this little corner. If you can kind of picture a pie chart, that's what I'm trying to do with my body here. (laughs) But we miss out on God's grace, and it's all like this. But we maximize how big that thorn is because all we can focus on is this. And so I want to challenge you. I want to challenge you. Maybe the thorn is in your life just so you don't miss all of God's grace all of His power in your life. His undeserved love for sinners like you and me that deserve the exact opposite. It's God's grace, undeserved love that sent Jesus into this world to save you so that one day we can live without uh, the sorrows of this life, to, to live without the pains, without the thorns, and to live in the eternal happiness of heaven forever. Think about how much love God must have for you. How much does God have to love you to say, I'm going to give up my own son for you? Would you ever give up your child to death for somebody else? And yet God said, I love you that much, I'm willing to do that. And He sent Jesus to die on the cross for us. That's grace. Undeserved love. And it's that grace that fills us every single day of our life, that that fills us even as the thorns are in our life as we go through them. It's God's grace that gives us His peace. Peace knowing that God isn't angry at us, and that's not why it's here, because God's grace sent Jesus, who lived and died for us and rose again, so that we're at peace with God. God doesn't get angry at us. God loves us, He forgives us, and He's with us through everything we go through, filling us with His peace. He gives us His comfort as our hearts are breaking, as our souls have been crushed. God says, here's my comfort. Take my grace and I'm filling you with it. As we wake up in the morning and we say, God, I can't go through another day. I don't have the strength to get through it. God says, here's my grace. I'm going to fill you with my strength and you are going to get through it. Because you're right, on your own you can't. But here's my grace. Here's my grace. Here's my strength. It's God's grace that gives us hope. It's hard to live in a world when it's a hopeless situation. And apart from God's grace, we have no hope. But because of His grace, because of Jesus, we have the hope of knowing that no matter what we're going through, it's only temporary. Everything we go through, even if it's for 90 years that we have this thorn, this suffering, this weakness that is temporary compared to the eternal joys of heaven when one day that thorn will end and we will live forever with Jesus. It's God's grace that didn't abandon Paul. It's God's grace that will never abandon you no matter what you're going through. So as you are are, are feeling like you're getting lower and lower, as you feel like your cup is emptying, let God's grace fill it. And He will fill it to the brim. And as it starts going down, He'll fill it again. 
He'll fill it again, and He'll fill it again. Because God's grace is sufficient. Paul came to realize this. Some people say that it was 14 years that Paul had been dealing with this thorn uh, by the time he wrote 2 Corinthians. And here's how Paul ends this section. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses, so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses, in insults, in hardships, in persecutions, in difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Paul says he's going to boast about his weaknesses. He's going to boast about the thorns in his life. And then he even goes so far as to say, I'm going to delight in them. We probably aren't there to actually delight in our weaknesses, in insults, hardship, persecution, difficulty, delight in our thorns. And we may never get to that point. But we can do what Paul did. And we can allow these opportunities to uh, focus us on God's grace. And that's what I want you to take home today, your, your last point. Focus on God's grace to see His power in your life. This is important because I, I can't tell you today that God's going to take away whatever you're struggling with. I can't promise you that. But what I can promise you is that His grace is greater. His grace is sufficient. That every time you feel like you can't go on, His grace will be there to lift you up. It's that same grace that has forgiven all of your sins. It's that same grace that sent Jesus to save you. It's that same grace that opened heaven for you through Jesus Christ our Lord and Savior. And it's that same grace that will be with you every moment of every day, no matter what you're facing, until He brings you to heaven where you will experience eternal joy, happiness, and peace. May God be with us as we grow in this grace and in the knowledge of His love that will never be taken from you. Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank You for Your grace, Your undeserved love that You shower down on us and fill us with every single day of our life. Uh, As we go through this life, help us to focus on Your grace so that we don't miss it, but that we uh, may see it, believe it, and have it until you bring us home with you. In your name we pray. Amen.